So we would like to welcome everybody to tonight's Zoom meeting on the second coming of Jesus Christ and specifically the return of Joseph Smith. So we'll start in DNC 85. In DNC 85, verses 6 through 11. Yea, thus saith the still small voice, which whispereth through and pierceth all things. And oftentimes it maketh my bones to quake, while it maketh manifest, saying, And it shall come to pass that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God, and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found, and the names of their fathers and of their children, enrolled in the book of the law of God. While that man who was called of God and appointed, that putteth forth his hand to steady the ark of God, shall fall by the shaft of death, like as a tree that is smitten by the vivid shaft of lightning. And all they who were not found written in the book of remembrance shall find none inheritance in that day, but they shall be cut asunder, and their portion shall be appointed them among the unbelievers, where are wailing and gnashing of teeth. These things I say not of myself. Therefore the Lord speaketh, he will also fulfill. And they who are of the high priesthood, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, or that are found to have apostatized or to have been cut off from the church, as well as the lesser priesthood, or the members in that day shall not find an inheritance among the saints of the Most High. Now, in verse 11, you know, unpacking this verse, the Latter-day Saints were demoted from the terrestrial church of Christ to the telestial church of Latter-day Saints, just as with the children of Israel under Moses, as is recorded in DNC 84. In fact, in DNC 84, 4, verse 25, therefore he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. Now, this was after the children of Israel <laughs> rejected the new covenant, that of a broken heart and contrite spirit, the very path to becoming sons and daughters of Christ and preparing them. And as it says in verse 23, sanctifying them that they might enter into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory. And after they had rejected the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and had the fullness taken from them and were demoted to the preparatory gospel, part of being demoted to the preparatory gospel is the removal of the Melchizedek priesthood and specifically the first order of Melchizedek priesthood or the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And this is what was removed from the children of Israel under Moses. And this is also what was removed from the early saints by 1834. Again, verse 25, therefore he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also. And the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel. So from mid 1834 uh, until today, 
the church has operated under the Aaronic priesthood. And the Aaronic priesthood, you know, has the authority to officiate in the preparatory gospel. And in verse 27, it says, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins. So the baptism that is being referred to in verse 27 is the baptism by water into the preparatory order of the gospel um, versus the baptism of water that is performed by the first order of Melchizedek priesthood or the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, as is outlined in 3 Nephi chapter 11, which is the baptism of water in preparation into the terrestrial church of Christ, which is preparatory to the reception of the next two parts of baptism, which are the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So if we go back to DNC 85, we find out that those who remain under the Aaronic priesthood don't make it. So we'll read verse 11 again. And they who are of the high priesthood, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, or that are found to have apostatized, or to have been cut off from the church, as well as the lesser priesthood, or the members in that day shall not find inheritance among the saints of the Most High. So nothing which is telestial, makes it into the millennium. And the Aaronic priesthood is um, a telestial order priesthood of the preparatory gospel. And so, you know, the inference is the members of the church who do not come into the new covenant by offering up for a sacrifice, a broken heart and contrite spirit, and... Um, you know, receive, you know, baptism by water into the terrestrial order of the gospel um, by the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood. And, you know, who are not um, seeking after and inquiring about what the Lord would have them do to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. They don't make it. Now, this, this exact sentiment is reiterated by Jesus Christ in JST Matthew 21, when in verse 53, he says, And the kingdom of God shall be taken from them, meaning the Jews of Christ's day, and shall be given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And in parentheses, it says, meaning the Gentiles, or uh, the restoration of the gospel through Joseph Smith. Wherefore, on whomsoever this stone shall fall, it shall grind him to powder. Christ declares himself as the stone, and he falls upon those fig trees with leaves but no fruit. And then in verse 55, And when the Lord thereof of the vineyard cometh, he will destroy those miserable wicked men, talking about the husbandmen in the vineyard or the legal administrators over the preparatory gospel. Even in the last... oh. He will destroy those miserable wicked men and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen. Now, these other husbandmen are those who are referred to in DNC 101, verse 55. And in DNC 101, verse 55, you know, it's talking about the return of Joseph Smith. And it says, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, and 
This servant is identified in DNC 103, uh, verse 21. Verily, verily, I say unto you that my servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I have given unto you. Back in DNC 101.55, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, and as it has just been defined in DNC 103, that is Joseph Smith, serv- Joseph Smith Jr. in his second ministry. Take all the strength of my house, which are my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle age also among all my servants, who are the strength of my house, save only those whom I have appointed to tarry. So, you know, back in uh, Doctrine and Covenants 85, verse 11. So with the return of Joseph Smith, we have the opening of a new dispensation, the dispensation of the fullness of times. Uh, versus the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, which is what was opened up during Joseph Smith's first ministry. If we go to DNC 110, verse 12, and this is in the Kirtland Temple. And after this, Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham. Now, this is in 1836. So, um, two years after the fullness of the gospel has been taken uh, from the earth. Elias appeared and committed the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, which is the preparatory gospel saying that in us and our seed, all generations after us should be blessed. So going back to DNC 85 verse 11, and they who are of the high priesthood, whose names are not found written in the book of the law. Now, this has precedence both in uh, Joseph Smith's day and in our day. Now, Peter, James, and John came to Joseph Smith and restored the first order of Melchizedek priesthood, the apostolic order. And this is the order of the priesthood that presides in the terrestrial church of Christ. And then on June 4th, 1831, at the Isaac Morley Farm, the second order of Melchizedek priesthood is restored, or the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood. You know, this only resides within the church of the firstborn. So from June 4th, 1831, till the death of Joseph, we have at least two orders of the gospel on the earth at the same time. Uh, On June 4th, 1831, we have the terrestrial church of Christ and the celestial church of the firstborn. The whole purpose of the terrestrial order of the gospel is to help the saints ascend to the celestial order. You know, that is what is meant in DNC 84, verse 23. Now, this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. Well, this is what the terrestrial order of the gospel does. It seeks to sanctify the people through entering into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is what prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into the rest of the Lord or into the celestial order of the gospel, the church of the firstborn. So the high priesthood uh, being referred to in verse 11, which is given in 1832, November 1832, over a year after the second order of Melchizedek priesthood has been restored, actually has reference to those who were ordained as high priests on June 4th, 1831. And 
we find out that, you know, they're the ones for whom the original school of the prophets was established. And while, you know, most of them um, or all of them started out on the right path, most uh, wandered for a period of time and would become prodigal sons, eventually would repent and return. And they are referred to in DNC 88 as the first labors in the last kingdom. And they return with Joseph Smith. So in DNC 101, verse 55, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., Go and gather together the residue of my servants. The residue of my servants are those who were ordained with Joseph Smith on June 4th, 1831, and a few who were ordained to the highest order of the Melchizedek priesthood thereafter and attended the original school of the prophets um, as a result of that ordination. And there were a handful who remained true and faithful their entire life, but you know, 98% of them, um, you know, strayed for a period of time and most of them came back. There were a few who turned into bitter persecutors and mobsters. And so in DNC 85, when we read in verse 11, and they who are of the high priesthood, who are the servants um, that Joseph Smith first gathers when he returns, uh, who are the first laborers in the last kingdom, who return with Joseph Smith, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, who were not ultimately prodigal sons and did not repent and return and continue on the path of ascension and awaken arise, whose names are not found written in the book of the law, or that are found to have apostatized or to have been cut off from the church. Um, now, again, this has an end-time context. And just as the book of Isaiah, where the Lord uses historical precedent to prophesy, prophesy of latter-day events, um, so does the Doctrine and Covenants, as well as the lesser, as well as the lesser priesthood. Or, you know, those who do not, when Joseph returns and the end time servants return to restore the fullness of the gospel, which was taken from the saints in 1834, which the Lord uh, offered time and time and time again to restore, but the saints would not. And so the heavens would close for a period of several generations until Joseph Smith would return. Um, before the second coming of Jesus Christ in his glory uh, and restore again the terrestrial order of the gospel and bring again the fullness of the priesthood as it, as it is referred to in scriptures or the apostolic order of the Melchizedek priesthood, those who enter into the new covenant and diligently seek after uh, the baptism of fire on the and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and are accounted among the strength of the Lord's house, will qualify to be ordained to the Melchizedek priesthood. And those who do not, who reject the new and everlasting covenant, and remain under 
the Aaronic priesthood that we find in the church today, they don't make it. Or the members. So also the members who um, choose the preparatory gospel as opposed to the fullness of the gospel as it is restored through Joseph Smith Jr. in his second ministry and is taught in power and authority by the first labors in the last kingdom. Going back to the parable of the redemption of Zion in JST Matthew 21, verse 56, and then understood they, the 12 apostles uh, understood the parable which he spake unto them, that the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints were Gentiles. And remember that we just defined the term Gentiles in JST Matthew 21, verse 53, um, because it is specifically uh, stated that, you know, in the last days, the fullness of the gospel would be, you know, restored to the Gentiles, meaning members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Three verses later, we use the exact same term so that there can be no misunderstanding about who Christ is referring to. That the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Gentiles should be destroyed also when the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard, which is the earth and the inhabitants thereof. And this is the exact same sentiment that is being referred to in DNC 85 verse 11, that all the members of the church or uh, members of any of the restoration branches who, when they have the fullness declared to them, and all will have the fullness declared to them who qualify for deliverance from destruction. And they will then have the choice either to accept the fullness of the gospel or to you know, hang doggedly to the preparatory gospel, um, they will not make it. Now, if we go to JST Genesis 50, JST Genesis 50 um, is all about the prophecy of the return of Joseph Smith in his second ministry, you know, who would begin the marvelous work and a wonder of gathering out Israel from the four quarters of the earth um, before Christ comes in the fullness of his glory. Starting in verse 25. And it shall come to pass that they shall be scattered again. Talking about the house of Israel. Uh, the first time, you know, being, you know, their, their scattered state before they were led out of Egypt by Moses. And a branch shall be broken off and shall be carried into a far country. Nevertheless, they shall be remembered in the covenants of the Lord from the Mes when the Messiah cometh. For he shall be made manifest unto them in the latter days in the spirit of power and shall bring them out of darkness into light, out of hidden darkness and out of captivity unto freedom. A seer shall the Lord my God raise up who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Thus saith the Lord God of my fathers unto me, a choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandments that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, 
Now, it's Joseph of Egypt who is speaking here. And, you know, this is a prophecy that the Lord gave to Joseph of Egypt. And verse 28, and he shall bring them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers, and he shall do whatsoever work I shall command him. And I will make him great in mine eyes, and he shall do my work. And he shall be great like unto him whom I have said, I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel, out of the land of Egypt. For a seer will I raise up to deliver my people out of the land of Egypt, and he shall be called Moses. And by his name, ye shall know that he is of thy house. For he shall be nursed by the king's daughter and shall be called her son. And again, a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. Okay, talking about Joseph Smith Jr. again. And unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. And not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word. Now, in Joseph Smith's first ministry, you know, he brings forth the Book of Mormon, which is the seed of the loins of Joseph through Manasseh. But the convincing, uh, the seed of Joseph, of the truthfulness of the words of the Book of Mormon doesn't happen until Joseph Smith's second ministry. To the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them in the last days. Well, the reason that it's already gone forth among them is that it was translated by Joseph Smith and published during his first ministry. And the Lord used the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to continue its publication and its dissemination throughout the earth. Um, but this convincing that is being talked about doesn't happen until Joseph Smith's second ministry. Verse 31, Wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines, and laying down of contentions, and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to a knowledge of their fathers in the last days, in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenant, saith the Lord. And this is, again, the work um, that will proceed during Joseph Smith's second ministry. And out of weakness shall he be made strong in that day when my work shall go forth among all my people, which shall restore them who are of the house of Israel in the last days. So this has reference to that marvelous work and wonder, which gathering begins at the time of the end time exodus, where Joseph Smith leads out on an exodus, those who the Lord calls the strength of my house in DNC 101, or those among the restoration movements who receive the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ when it is declared unto them by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ is the doctrine that we are to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And that's how we enter into the new and everlasting covenant. And in return, 
God covenants with us or makes an oath to us, which forms the basis of the covenant uh, to baptize us with fire and with the Holy Ghost. In verse 33, and that seer will I bless and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded for this promise I give unto you. For I will remember you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, and it shall be after the fa- name of his father, and he shall be like unto you. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. So, you know, Joseph Smith, during his first ministry, you know, brings forth the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants. And during his second ministry, he will also bring forth the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, which will go forth to members of the Church of the Firstborn. Also, the translation of the Brass Plates, the uh, translation of the Record of the Twelve Apostles, which is not the New Testament. And he will finish his translation of the New Testament. And all of these records of Scripture will stand together, you know, with the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants um, and will be taken by the missionary force that will go forth. You know, they will have the Spirit with them. They will speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, and they will have the authority of the Melchizedek Priesthood. And this is what is being referred to in verse 33 of GST Genesis 50. And that seer will I bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. For this promise I give unto you, for I will remember you from generation to generation, and his name shall be called Joseph, and it shall be after the name of his father, and shall be, and he shall be like unto you, for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand, shall bring my people unto salvation. So both the scripture that he has and will yet bring forth and to the convincing uh, that they are true. And, you know, this convincing power is talked about in 3 Nephi chapter 7. And Nephi had this spiritual convincing power. In 3 Nephi chapter 7, starting in verse 15. And it came to pass that Nephi, having been visited by the angels and also by the voice of the Lord, therefore having seen angels and being eyewitness and having had power given unto him that he might know concerning the ministry of Christ and also being eyewitness to their quick return from righteousness unto their wickedness and abominations, therefore being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. And the blindness of their minds went forth among them in that same year and began to testify boldly repentance and remission of sins through faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he did minister many things unto them and all of them cannot be written and a part of them would not suffice. Therefore, they are not written in this book. And Nephi did minister with power and with great authority. And it came to pass that they were angry with him even because he had greater power than they. For it were not possible that they could disbelieve his words. For so great was his faith on the Lord Jesus Christ that angels did minister unto him daily. And this will be the character 
of those who carry forth the fullness of the gospel uh, for the intent of gathering Israel um, with the restoration of the fullness of the gospel during Joseph Smith's second ministry, because they will teach by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, it will not be possible to disbelieve their words. Now, the qualifications to, you know, attain to this type of uh, preaching power are talked about in Alma chapter 17. In Alma 17, verse 2. Now these sons of Mosiah were with Alma at the time the angel first appeared unto him. Therefore Alma did rejoice exceedingly to see his brethren. And what added more to his joy? They were still his brethren in the Lord. Yea, they had waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth. And we're about to be told how they waxed strong in the knowledge of the truth. For they were men of a sound understanding, and they had searched the scriptures diligently, that they might know the word of God. But this is not all. They had given themselves to much prayer and fasting. Therefore, they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. And may I submit that this is the spiritual power by which Nephi went forth and taught the people with such convincing power that it were not possible that even the enemies of the Lord could disbelieve his words. They had given themselves to much prayer and fasting. Therefore, they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. And when they taught, they taught with power and authority of God. And they had been teaching the word of God for the space of 14 years among the Lamanites having had much success in bringing many to the knowledge of the truth. Yea, by the power of their words, many were brought before the altar of God to call on his name and confess their sins before him. Now these are the circumstances which attended them in their journeys. And they had many afflictions and did suffer much, both body and mind, such as hunger and thirst and fatigue, and also much labor in the spirit." And may I suggest that these same conditions will also exist for the end-time missionaries, especially as the end-time exodus starts and they go forth to declare the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, starting with the Lamanites and the separation of the wheat and the tares among them, as will have just happened among those of the restoration branches. And the wheat will join the end time exodus and the tares will not make it. And those missionaries will also uh, have to suffer uh, afflictions of every manner, both body and mind and hunger and thirst and fatigue and also much labor in the spirit. And those missionaries will also, you know, have to apply themselves diligently to searching the scriptures that they might know the word of God, that they might wax strong in the knowledge of truth, that they may through prayer and fasting and diligent study and sacrifice and asking and inquiring and knocking and receiving and acting in faith, receive the spirit of prophecy and revelation and when they teach, they will teach by the power and authority of God. 
So back in JST Genesis 50. For the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand shall bring my people unto salvation. Well, the thing that he brings forth is the opening of the heavens and the opening of a new dispensation, not the opening of the dispensation of the preparatory gospel as was done during his first ministry, as we read in DNC 110, the dispensation of the gospel of Abraham, but the dispensation of the fullness of times. And with the opening of a new dispensation and the opening of the heavens and teaching again the new covenant, which requires our sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the sanctification that prepares a man, a woman, or a people to enter into the rest of the Lord and also qualifies them to receive that revelation from heaven, which would instruct them specifically about how to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord. And this, uh, aided by the you know priesthood, that he brings back with him and the opening of the heavens and the knowledge of the new and everlasting covenant and the path of ascension, which is all found in the book of Mormon doctrine and covenants. And will also be found in the scriptures that are yet to be brought forth to us will be, you know, what will bring God's people unto salvation. Now, 2 Nephi chapter 3, verses 5 through 21, we have a similar prophecy um, that was read by Lehi from the brass plates um, and told about to his son Joseph. Wherefore Joseph truly saw our day, talking Joseph out of Egypt, and he obtained a promise of the Lord that out of the fruit of his loins, the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel, not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off. Nevertheless, to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord, that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, unto the bringing of them out of darkness unto light, yea, out of hidden darkness and out of captivity unto freedom. Again, this main reference is to Joseph Smith's second ministry and the convincing power that would come with him and those who would labor with him under the salvation of God's people. Verse 6, For Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Yea, Joseph truly said, Thus saith the Lord unto me, A choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment, that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, which shall be of great worth unto them, even to the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers. All right, again, we have the restoration of the new and everlasting covenant of exactly how we become the sons and daughters of Christ, which is a broken heart and contrite spirit in the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Exactly how we are to receive the instruction about parting the veil, 
and entering into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory and being ordained and sealed to both orders of Melchizedek priesthood, the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, which is required um, to be both ordained and sealed upon a man before he is able to enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory, you know, and then to go on to be ordained and eventually sealed to the patriarchal order of Melchizedek priesthood to become a high priest in the holy order, to have the power to seal and loose on earth and in heaven to command the very elements. Verse 8 in 2 Nephi 3. And I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him. And I will make him great in mine eyes, for he shall do my work. And he shall be great like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you to deliver my people, O house of Israel. And Moses will I raise up to deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. But a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth of my word only, saith the Lord, but unto the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. Um, you know, clearly, JST Genesis 50, um, if it was not the source material, then, um, you know, a, a parallel record, which contained the exact same information, was the source material for this revelation in Second Nephi uh, chapter 3, which record is in the brass plates and which record Joseph Smith will be bringing back with him. Verse 12. And, you know, commentary on verse 11. Again, you know, this phrase, unto the convincing of them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. Again, this has reference to Joseph Smith would translate the Book of Mormon and um, it would be disseminated throughout the earth. But this convincing power is what, you know, Joseph Smith will bring in his second ministry and those who labor with him will also have it. Verse 12, wherefore the fruit of thy loins shall write and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah, shall grow together unto the confounding of false doctrines and laying down of contentions and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenant, saith the Lord. So, the scriptures that are being talked about are, you know, the record of the brass plates, which will be a true and complete record of the Lord's dealings with ancient Israel. Um, the completion of the translation of the New Testament and, as Nephi prophesies, the coming forth of the record of the 12 apostles, all to be brought forth by Joseph Smith and all to go forth with that missionary force um, unto the convincing all who will receive it of the truthfulness of the fullness of the gospel.
and out of weakness he shall be made strong. In that day, when my work shall commence among all my people, unto the restoring thee, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. And thus prophesied Joseph, saying, Behold, that seer will the Lord bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. For this promise which I have obtained of the Lord, of the fruit of my loins, shall be fulfilled. Behold, I am sure of the fulfilling of this promise. And, you know, it's in Joseph Smith's second ministry that all of his enemies are due, are to be confounded. For during his first ministry, um, his enemies were successful um, in the martyrdom of Joseph Smith and in the souling of his name and uh, convincing the world that he had changed the new and everlasting covenant uh, from a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost to plural marriage, which he did not do, but which history was rewritten to make it look as if he had. But during his second ministry, the record will be set straight and all of his enemies, which are the enemies of the Lord, shall be confounded. And verse 15, and his name shall be called after me, and it shall be after the name of his father. And he shall be like unto me, for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand, by the power of the Lord, shall bring my people unto salvation again. It's the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ, priest of authority, and the opening of the heavens, and the teaching of that gospel in power and authority. That is how God is going to bring his people unto salvation. Yea, thus prophesied Joseph, I am sure of this thing, even as I am sure of the promise of Moses. For the Lord has said unto me, I will preserve thy seed forever. And the Lord has said, I will raise up a Moses and I will give power unto him in a rod and I will give judgment unto him in writing. Yet I will not loose his tongue that he shall speak much for I will not make him mighty in speaking, but I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand and I will make a spokesman for him. And now we're going to have a transition uh, from you know, Aaron, the spokesman for Moses, to Mormon, the spokesman for um, that branch of the seed of Joseph, which was broken off and brought over here and was the Nephites and Lamanites. Verse 18, and the Lord said unto me also, now he's speaking unto Lehi, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins and I will make for him a spokesman. Okay, this is talking about Mormon and, you know, to a lesser extent, Moroni. And I, behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins. And the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. Talking about the Book of Mormon. And it shall be as if 
the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust, for I know their faith. And they shall cry from the dust, yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go, even according to the simpleness of their word. And, you know, many, you know, are waking up today and have awakened because of their access to the words of the Book of Mormon, which contain the fullness of the doctrine of Christ. And verse 21, because of their faith, their words shall proceed forth out of my mouth unto their brethren who are the fruit of thy loins, and the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith unto the remembering of my covenant, which I made unto thy fathers. So it is through the Gentiles, which are also uh, of the seed of Joseph, through Ephraim, that the fullness of the record of Manasseh, you know, the Book of Mormon, will be taken back to Manasseh. And this will commence at the time of the Exodus. And the very first missionary effort after uh, the strength of the Lord's house is gathered out among the restoration branches will be to the Lamanites. And um, it will be on the end time Exodus that, you know, all of these scriptural records will go forth with the Ephraimite missionaries, you know, who are a remnant of Joseph to another remnant of the seed of Joseph uh, Manasseh unto the separating of the wheat and the tares among the Lamanites and the gathering out of the wheat and their joining in the end time Exodus, which will culminate in meeting up with Enoch, the return of his city, where it will be the responsibility of Manasseh, you know, working with many in the city of Enoch to finish the construction of uh, New Jerusalem, which Ephraim will assist in that work. And then it will be the primary responsibility of Ephraim to continue the work of gathering and go out to the four quarters of the earth and finish the gathering of Israel and bring them into New Jerusalem, which um, construction will have been finished by Manasseh. And in verse 24 of Second Nephi 3, And there shall rise up one mighty among them. And I would hearken back to DNC 85, one mighty and strong, who shall do much good, both in word and in deed, being an instrument in the hands of God with exceeding faith to work mighty wonders. And as we are told in Isaiah, by the time Joseph uh, comes on the scene and transitions from being that hidden, polished shaft in the quiver of the Lord, as he's translating the ancient records, to the active work of the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints and the Restoration branches and leading them on an end-time exodus, And there shall rise up one mighty and strong among them who shall do much good, both in word and in deed. 
And as I was saying, by the time he transitions from being that, you know, polished but hidden shaft in the quiver of the Lord, he has been both ordained and sealed to the patriarch Lord of Melchizedek priesthood. Um, and if we cross-reference JST Genesis 14, we gain better insight into what uh, this prophecy about Joseph Smith Jr. means in his second ministry when, with exceeding faith to work mighty wonders and do that which is great in the sight of God, unto the bringing to pass much restoration unto the house of Israel and unto the seed of thy brethren. In GST Genesis 14, we find that Verse 30, for God having sworn unto Enoch and unto his seed with an oath by himself, that everyone being ordained after this order, now this is the order of the high priest in the holy order or patriarch Lord of Melchizedek priesthood, should have power by faith to break mountains, to divide the seas, to dry up the waters, to turn them out of their course, to put at defiance the armies of nations, to divide the earth, to break every band, to stand in the presence of God, to do all things according to his will, according to his commands, subdue principalities and powers, and this by the will of the Son of God, which was from before the foundation of the world. And Joseph Smith Jr. will be the first in the dispensation of the fullness of times to ascend to and attain to this power. Uh, the sealing of the patriarch Lord of Melchizedek priesthood to be able to loose and seal on earth and in heaven and to command the very elements. Now, if we go to 1 Nephi chapter 13, verses 32 through 42, you know, this is part of Nephi's vision of the end from the beginning. Neither will the Lord God suffer that the Gentiles shall forever remain in that awful state of blindness, which thou beholdest that they are in, because of the plain and most precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, whose formation thou hast seen. Wherefore, saith the Lamb of God, I will be merciful unto the Gentiles, unto the visiting of the remnant of the house of Israel in great judgment." And it came to pass that the angel of the Lord spake unto me, saying, Behold, saith the Lamb of God, after I have visited the remnant of the house of Israel, and the remnant of whom I speak is the seed of thy father. So the Nephites and the Lamanites, wherefore, after I have visited them in judgment and smitten them by the hand of the Gentiles. Um, so, you know, the Book of Mormon uses the term Gentiles primarily to refer to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But the term is originated um, in um, you know, first Nephi during uh, Nephi's vision of the end from the beginning. And initially, we have the use of the term Gentiles to refer to scattered Ephraim in Europe, um, you know, after Christopher Columbus comes over and, you know, discovers, you know, America and we have, you know, pilgrims coming over and colonizing of America. The term Gentiles is then used to describe the inhabitants of North America. But as soon as in Nephi's vision, 
we have the restoration of the gospel, you know, then the term Gentiles is used almost exclusively uh, to refer to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, although uh, there are a few instances where it's used to refer to a Gentile nation uh, versus the Gentile people after the restoration. And so um, in 1 Nephi 13, we have both the use of Gentiles to refer to a Gentile nation and to members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, so verse 34, And it came to pass that the angel of the Lord spake unto me, saying, Behold, saith the Lamb of God, after I have visited the remnant of the house of Israel, and this remnant of whom I speak is the seed of thy father, wherefore, after I have visited them in judgment and smitten them by the hand of the Gentiles, meaning the Gentile nation, and after the Gentiles do stumble exceedingly because of the most plain and precious parts of the gospel of the Lamb, which have been kept back by that abominable church, which is the mother of harlots, saith the Lamb. I will be merciful unto the Gentiles in that day, insomuch that I will bring forth unto them in mine own power much of my gospel, which shall be plain and precious, saith the Lamb. Now, why why does he say much and not all of my gospel? And the reason is that just like the children of Israel under uh, Moses, the Latter-day Saints rejected the fullness of the gospel. And so Joseph Smith was only able to lay the foundation of the restoration. And that foundation of the restoration during his first ministry is the much of my gospel, which is being referred to. But as we learn in the rest of the scriptures, you know, he doesn't bring forth the entirety of the gospel until his second ministry. And part of this is done through the bringing forth of the translation of the brass plates, the record of the 12 apostles, the complete translation of the New Testament. Um, and, you know, that will go forth with the missionaries who are seeking to bring people into the trustful church of Christ. And then for those who have entered into the church of the firstborn, they will have the record of the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon. Verse 35, For behold, saith the Lamb, I will manifest myself unto thy seed, that they shall write many things which I shall minister unto them, which shall be plain and precious. And after thy seed shall be destroyed and dwindle in unbelief, and also the seed of thy brethren, behold, these things shall be hid up to come forth unto the Gentiles by the gift and power of the Lamb. Talking about the translation of the Book of Mormon. And in them shall be written my gospel, saith the Lamb, and my rock and my salvation. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day. Now, again, we have transitioned from the initial uh, translation of the Book of Mormon to Joseph Smith's second ministry, where uh, the missionaries will have the convincing power of the Holy Ghost. So at that day is the day of judgment or the day of the Lord that begins with 
uh, great tribulation and culminates with his coming in his glory, which spans you know many years. And blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, or the first labors in the last kingdom who return with Joseph Smith Jr. and all of those who have desires to serve God and are called to the work and labor shoulder to shoulder with them. For they shall have the gift and power of the Holy Ghost. Okay, you know, the fruits of the restoration in Joseph Smith's second ministry is the opening again of the heavens and the possibility again that men and women would receive again the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which had not been possible since the death of Joseph, because that's when the heavens closed and would not open again until his return and the opening of the new dispensation, the dispensation of the fullness of times, which would commence when he was again ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood. And, you know, that principle is set forth in DNC 84, or the principle about what it means to open a new dispensation. And that what it means is that we again have a man on the earth who is ordained by angels um, to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood and has that priesthood sealed upon him. In DNC 84, verse 19, and this greater priesthood administereth the gospel, talking about the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood or first order of Melchizedek priesthood, and holdeth the key of the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Well, it does that through administering baptism into the terrestrial order, both of water and of fire and of Holy Ghost. Therefore, in the ordinances thereof, the power of godliness is manifest, talking about being born again, Christ's sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And without the ordinances thereof and the authority of the priesthood, the power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. Or in other words, where there is not a man on the earth who has been ordained and sealed to the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood, it is not possible to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And therefore, it is not possible to be instructed and to be sanctified, preparatory to entering into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And this is the closing and the opening of a dispensation. The closing of a dispensation is when uh, the last man, um, you know, dies, who's been ordained and sealed to the apostolic court of Melchizedek priesthood. And the earth, you know, awaits the opening of a new dispensation when a man will again be ordained and sealed unto this power, which is exactly what happens with the return of Joseph Smith in his second ministry and the opening of the dispensation of the fullness of times. So going back to first Nephi chapter 13, verse 37, and blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion. And I would submit that all in the sound of my voice, have the opportunity to be part of that group who seek to bring forth God's Zion at that day. For they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. And because the heavens are now opened, it is again possible through offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit and receiving the terms of that covenant by revelation 
to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And thus be prepared to go forth and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ in power and in authority. And if they endure to the end, they shall be lifted up at the last day and shall be saved in the everlasting kingdom of the Lamb. Whoso shall publish peace, yea, tidings of great joy, how beautiful upon the mountains shall they be. And it came to pass that I beheld the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the book of the Lamb of God, which had proceeded forth from the mouth of the Jew, that it came forth from the Gentiles unto the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And after it had come forth unto them, I beheld other books, which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing of the Gentiles and the remnant of the seed of my brethren, and also the Jews who were scattered upon the face of the earth, that the records of the prophets and the 12 apostles of the Lamb are true. So, you know, this coming forth of, you know, the record you know, of the Jew. And, you know, as I have dived into these scriptures, um, you know, as we continue, it's going to be revealed that um, although many assume that, you know, the Jew is Moses, it's talking about the Old Testament, it's not. For, you know, in GST Genesis 50, um, Joseph, you know, in that prophecy is told that um, Moses would come through his lineage. And that is not the lineage of the Jew. Um, but, you know, this is actually talking about Jesus Christ and the gospel which would come forth from him. And, you know, would be recorded in the New Testament. And that Joseph Smith would then finish his translation of the New Testament and also bring forth the record of the 12 apostles, which is all based upon the words of Jesus Christ. And, you know, he is the Jew. Again, verse 38, and it came to pass that I beheld the remnant of the seed of my brethren and also the book of the Lamb of God, which had proceedeth forth from the mouth of the Jew, that it came forth from the Gentiles unto the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And after it had come forth unto them, I beheld other books. Now these other books are the books that are brought forth by Joseph Smith in his second ministry, which came forth by the power of the Lamb from the Gentiles unto them, unto the convincing. And remember, the convincing doesn't happen until Joseph Smith's second ministry. Um, the convincing of the Gentiles. So first we have what is referred to in DNC 101 verse 55 is the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house among the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the restoration branches. And once there had been a separation between the wheat and the tares among the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 
and the end time exodus would start, then there would be a similar gathering out among Lamanites and the remnant of the seed of my brethren. And we find that, you know, this work will also include the Jews. So, you know, many think that, you know, the Jews will not be, you know, taught, um, you know, by the end time servants, but that will be Christ alone. But in reality, um, the taking of the phones of the gospel and these records of scripture, you know, will commence also to the Jews on the end time exodus um, under the direction of Joseph Smith. And also the Jews who were scattered upon the face of the earth, that the records of the prophets, um, i.e. the Old Testament, the you know, brass plates, which, you know, the, the current Old Testament that we have was rewritten by the Deuteronomists at the time of uh, Lehi in Jerusalem. You know, who were the who were the Pharisees of Lehi's day who perverted the Hebrew religion into the Jewish religion. Um, and they removed from the canon of the scriptures about 93 books that were written by Ephraimite prophets. So, you know, this this, uh, you know, translation of the brass plates is, you know, the records of the prophets and it will be greatly expanded and corrected version of our current Old Testament and of the 12 apostles of the lamb. Well, you know, the new Testament is not the record of the 12 apostles of the lamb. There are uh, records of 12 apostles in the new Testament but the record of the 12 apostles of the lamb is a separate book of scripture that is translated and brought forth by Joseph Smith in his second ministry. Verse 40. And the angel spake unto me saying, these last records, which thou hast seen among the Gentiles shall establish the truth of the first, which are of the 12 apostles of the lamb and shall make known the plain and precious things which have been kept which have been taken away from them and shall make known to all kindreds, tongues, and people that the Lamb of God is the Son of the Eternal Father and the Savior of the world, and that all men must come unto him or they cannot be saved. So in other words, um, membership into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will not save us. A current temple recommend will not save us. Um, the only thing that will save us is entering into the new covenant, taking upon us Christ's name uh, through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and thus becoming his sons and daughters, and then continuing to endure to the end or exercising faith and seeking to enter into the rest of the Lord. That is what saves us. Because everything that is required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and enter into the rest of the Lord is also what is required to become even as Christ is. Verse 41. 
and they must come according to the words which shall be established by the mouth of the Lamb. And the words of the Lamb shall be made known in the records of thy seed, as well as in the records of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Wherefore, they both shall be established in one. For there is one God and one shepherd over all the earth. And this establishment in one is not the LDS uh, triple or quad, but it is the uh, uniting of all the scriptures uh, that will be brought forth by Joseph Smith in his second ministry. You know, including that one, which we already have, which is the Book of Mormon, and it will also include a corrected version of Doctrine and Covenants. And the time cometh that he shall manifest himself unto all nations, both unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles. And after he has manifested himself unto the Jews and also unto the Gentiles, then he shall manifest himself unto the Gentiles and also unto the Jews. So this prophecy uh, first relates to Christ coming in the flesh and ministering first to the Jews. And then after the fullness of the gospel had been taken to the Jews, was taken by the apostles to the Gentiles. Um, and then, you know, in the latter day restoration, first it was taken to the Gentiles and then the Gentiles will ultimately take it to the Jews. Then he shall manifest himself unto the Gentiles and also unto the Jews. And the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Now in first Nephi chapter 14 verses 1 through 23. And it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles, or if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, again the day of judgment, uh, or when the fullness of the gospel is restored to the earth by Joseph and the heavens are again opened, and the doctrine of Christ taught in power and authority, and it shall come to pass that if the Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks. Well, the stumbling blocks of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are similar to the stumbling blocks that the Gentile nation had before the restoration of the gospel. And that was that they had no knowledge of what the true new and everlasting covenant was. Um, they didn't know what the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost was, and it wasn't even possible for them to receive it. But with the restoration of the gospel, with the opening of a new dispensation, with the teaching of men and women about the true new and everlasting covenant, and the possibility and what was required to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then that was the key to entering into the rest of the Lord, that was the taking away of the stumbling block of the Gentiles, because that knowledge had been removed from both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then with the death of Joseph Smith, it was removed from the canon of doctrine of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And at the death of Joseph, the heavens were closed. And so it wasn't even possible. But with the return of Joseph, with the opening of a new dispensation, with the opening of the heavens and the declaration again of the new covenant and the path of ascension or the doctrine of Christ, all who would receive it with gladness, 
That is the removing of the stumbling block of the Gentiles or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Verse 2, and harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God, which we, which we have been doing. And, you know, this is also declared in prophecy by Nephi in the entire chapter of 2 Nephi 28. But let's just go to a few verses. Let's just read verses 21, 24, 25, 26, and 32. So 2 Nephi 20, 21. And others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security, that they will say, all is well in Zion. This is also part of the stumbling block and is a result of the closing of the heavens and the removal of the new and everlasting covenant from the doctrine of the church. For behold, at that day, he shall rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that which is good. Verse 20, 21, and others will he pacify and lull them away into carnal security that they will say all is well in Zion. Yea, Zion prospereth all is well. And thus the devil cheateth their souls and leadeth them away carefully down to hell, talking to Latter-day Saints. Verse 24, therefore woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion, Latter-day Saints. Woe be unto him that crieth all is well, yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, because they sustain, as prophets and revelators, those who have not been called by him, and those who do not speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And they sustain, as prophets and revelators, those who proclaim things like UN Agenda 2030, which is part of UN Agenda 2021. And you know, extolling the virtues of those who are working diligently on the vaccine that is designed to cull the population. Hashtag give thanks. Yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men and denieth the power of God and the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's part of the stumbling block was the removing of that doctrine from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints after the death of Joseph Smith and replacing it with something else. Verse 32, Woe be unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them. So even though we would deny Christ, you know, even during the lifetime of Joseph Smith, and therefore would come into a covenant curse situation where we stood rejected as a church with our dead until the return of Joseph Smith. You know, this is, even though they shall reject me, yet I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me for mine arm. And this is Isaiah imagery of the Lord's end time servant, Joseph Smith, Jr. Mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts, talking about the gathering out of the strength of God's house among Latter-day Saints by Joseph Smith and the end time servants in the times uh, preceding Christ coming in his glory. So back to first Nephi chapter 14, verse two. And harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. Well, Nephi, in 2 Nephi 28, has just described how 
We as the Latter-day Saints have hardened our hearts against the Lamb of God because we have rejected the new covenant. Um, we proclaim that all is well in Zion. We hail um, men to be servants of God who speak not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. And we reject those who do. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel, and they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. And they shall be no more be brought down into captivity, and the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. Okay, so this is the rescuing of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints through the restoration of the gospel. Now, you know, if they repent and return, they shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. So, you know, Christ declares similar words in 3 Nephi 16.13. So in 3 Nephi chapter 16, verse 13, Christ prophesying to the Nephites of the rejection of the fullness of the gospel by the saints under Joseph Smith in verse 10 and at the end of verse 10, that we would be no, be demoted from the fullness of the gospel to the preparatory gospel. But in verse 13, we have uh, the arm of the Lord being extended to us during Joseph Smith's second ministry. But if the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Gentiles will repent and return, and Book of Mormon prophets continually tell us how we do that, and that's by the, the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which terms must be received by revelation uh, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And one of the things that happens at the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost is that we have the Gentile blood burned out of us and we become blood Israel. So, but if the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will repent and return unto me, saith the father, behold, they shall be numbered among my people or house of Israel. Well, that's because with the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we become not Gentiles, but Israel. We become sons and daughters of Christ, and we receive that change which prepares us at a future date if we continue to hearken unto all the commandments which our Lord, our God, will give unto us to part the veil and enter into his presence in the fullness of his glory. And so again in First Nephi chapter 14, and harden not their hearts after taking away the stumbling block. So I think I need to reiterate verse one. And it shall come to pass that if the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Gentiles shall hearken unto the Lamb of God in that day, in the day that Joseph will return and restore again the fullness of the gospel, that he shall manifest himself unto them in word and also in power, in very deed, unto the taking away of their stumbling blocks, and harden not their hearts against the Lamb of God. They shall be numbered among the seed of thy father. Yea, they shall be numbered among the house of Israel. And they shall be a blessed people upon the promised land forever. And they shall be no more be brought down into captivity. And the house of Israel shall no more be confounded. And that great pit which hath been digged for them by that great and abominable church. Okay, so again, this pit is specifically about the Latter-day Saints in our generation. This is talking about us today. And I would ask you 
when Elder Christofferson comes out in general conference in the Saturday afternoon session and extols the virtues of UN Agenda 2030 and declares that those goals are in alignment with the churches. And President Nelson comes out in his Thanksgiving talk, um, sets the stage where the church will come out and declare it the the responsibility of the members of the church to receive the RNA vaccine, which is designed to destroy them. That this is part of that great pit, which has been digged for the Latter-day Saints by the great and abominable church. Um, And when you couple that with removing the doctrine of Christ from Latter-day Saint doctrine. This indeed is a great pit. And that great pit, which hath been digged for them by the great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit, which hath been digged for the destruction of men, shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell, which hath no end. And as a cross-reference, um, let's go to DNC 101, the latter part of the parable of redemption of Zion, when Joseph Smith returns. And let's learn something of the filling of that pit by those who digged it. Verse 55, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Joseph Smith Jr., as we learn in DNC 103, go and gather together the residue of my servants and take all the strength of mine house, which my warriors, my young men, and they that are of middle age also among all my servants, who are the strength of mine house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry and go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard and redeem my vineyard for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Okay, back in First Nephi chapter 14. And that great pit which hath been digged for them, again in verse 3, by that great and abominable church, which was founded by the devil and his children, that he might lead away the souls of men down to hell. Yea, that great pit which hath been digged for the destruction of men shall be filled by those who digged it unto their utter destruction, saith the Lamb of God, not the destruction of the soul, save it be the casting of it into that hell, which hath no end. For behold, this is according to the captivity of the devil, and also according to the justice of God, upon all those who will work wickedness and abomination before him. And it shall come to pass that the angel spake unto me, Nephi, saying, Thou hast beheld that if the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles, repent, it shall be well with them. And thou also knowest concerning the covenants of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. And, you know, as we're going to be reading, um, The cleansing begins in the Lord's own house. Or, whoso repenteth not must perish. And again, repenting is repenting of our idolatry. 
humbling ourselves to the dust, receiving with gladness the new covenant which we enter into with the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's how we repent. And if we will not, we will perish. Cross-reference that with DNC 101, verse 64 through 66, that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue. Okay, it has to continue because it was cut short with the death of Joseph, but it continues with his return that I may build them up unto my name upon holy places. For the time of harvest is come, and my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people according to the parable of the wheat and the tares, that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and be crowned with celestial glory, when I shall come in the kingdom of my Father to reward every man according as his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles. This is talking about the tares among the Latter-day Saints who will not enter into the new covenant and their bands made strong that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. So going back to first Nephi chapter 14, at the end of verse five, and thou also hast heard that whoso repenteth not must perish. And verse six, therefore woe be unto the Gentiles. If it so be that they harden their hearts or woe be unto the members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints if it so be that they harden their hearts against the Lamb of God. For the time cometh, saith the Lamb of God, that I will work a great and a marvelous work among the children of men. Okay, again, this commences with the return of Joseph Smith. A work which shall be everlasting, either on the one hand or on the other, either to the convincing of them unto peace and eternal life or to the deliverance of them to the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds unto their being brought down into captivity and also into destruction, both temporally and spiritually, according to the captivity of the devil of which I have spoken. And it came to pass that when the angel had spoken these words, he said unto me, rememberest thou the covenants of the father unto the house of Israel? I said unto him, Yea. And it came to pass that he said unto me, Look, and beheld that great and abominable church, which is the mother of abominations, whose founder is the devil. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whosoever belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God, belongeth to that great great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And it came to pass that I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters, and she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. And may I submit unto you that this is that great secret combination, which Isaiah refers to as the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, or that entity which eventually amasses to itself a political, economic, and military power and becomes the staff in the Lord's left hand to destroy the wicked. And by the time that work of destruction is finished, about 90% of the world's population is no longer here. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few. Now, this is talking about the terrestrial order of the gospel, the church of Christ, 
which Joseph Smith returns to restore. This isn't talking about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it came to pass that I beheld that the Church of the Lamb of God and its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the Church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, and you know, in the scriptures that uh, we're going to be coming through, you know, we have the repetition, you know, of the term saints. And, you know, we find out that the saints of God are those who enter into covenant with him and become Christ's sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Those are the saints of God if they continue to endure to the end were also upon all the face of the earth and their dominion and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. And it came to pass that I beheld that the great mother of abominations did gather together multitudes upon the face of all the earth among all the nations of the Gentiles to fight against the lamb of God. And it came to pass that I Nephi beheld the power of the lamb of God and it descended upon the saints of the church of the lamb and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. And it came to pass that I beheld that the wrath of God was poured out upon the great and abominable church, insomuch that there were wars and rumors of wars among all the nations and kindreds of the earth. And as there began to be wars and rumors of wars among all the nations of the earth, or all the nations which belong to the mother of abominations, the angel spake unto me, saying, Behold, the wrath of God is upon the mother of harlots. And behold, thou seest all these things. And when the day cometh that the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil, then at that day the work of the Father shall commence, in preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to the people who are of the house of Israel. Now, this is at the time that Joseph Smith leads the end time exodus. So, at that day, when Joseph shall commence the the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house and leading them on an end time exodus. Verse 17. And when the day cometh that the, that is the day when the wrath of God is poured out upon the mother of harlots, which is the great and abominable church of all the earth, whose founder is the devil. And then at that day, the work of the father shall commence in the preparing the way for the fulfilling of his covenants, which he hath made to his people who are the house of Israel. And it came to pass that the angel spake unto me, saying, Look. And I looked, and I beheld a man, and he was dressed in a white robe. And the angel said unto me, Behold, one of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Behold, he shall see and write the remainder of the things, yea, and also many things which I which have been. And he shall also write concerning the end of the world. Wherefore, the things which he shall write are just and true. And behold, they are written in the book, which thou beheld proceeding out of the mouth of the Jew. Well, remember, I mean, when the books of the New Testament were written, 
you know, and this is talking about the book of Revelations, um, you know, the, the Bible had not been compiled. Um, you know, there were records of Old Testament, you know, prophets, but, you know, we didn't at that time have the compilation of the Old New Testaments. And so here, you know, we get context, you know, the book which shall be written proceeding out of the mouth of the Jews. So we're not talking about the Old Testament. We're not talking about the brass plates. We're talking about, you know, the gospel um, and, you know, specifically being written by John the Beloved or John the Revelator and, you know, which is based on uh, he who is called you know, the mouth of the Jew or Christ. And at the time that they proceeded forth out of the mouth of the Jew, or at the time Christ declared them, or at the time the book proceeded out of the mouth of the Jew, the things which were written were plain and pure and most precious and easy to the understanding of all men. And behold, the things which this apostle, the Lamb, shall write are many things which thou hast seen, and behold, the remainder shalt thou see. But the things which thou shalt see hereafter, thou shalt not write. For the Lord God hath ordained the apostle of the Lamb of God, that he should write them. And also others who have been to them hath he shown all things, and they have written them. And they are sealed up to come forth in their purity, according to the truth which is in the Lamb, in the own due time of the Lord unto the house of Israel. And so some of these we have in the Old Testament, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, you know, and others, but the fullness will be coming forth in the translation of the brass plates, which Joseph Smith will be bringing back. And I, Nephi, heard and bear record that the name of the apostle of the Lamb was John, according to the word of the angel. And behold, I, Nephi, am forbidden that I should write the remainder of the things which I saw and heard. Wherefore, the things which I have written sufficeth me, and I have written but a small part of the things which I saw. And I bear record that I saw the things which my father saw, and the angel of the Lord did make them known unto me. And now I make an end of speaking concerning the things which I saw while I was carried away in the spirit. And if all the things which I saw are not written, the things which I have written are true, and thus it is. Amen. But it is curious that although uh, Nephi doesn't continue in writing the things that he saw, he does start quoting Isaiah. And it just so happens that Isaiah picks up where Nephi leaves off and continues uh, through the tribulations, the end times to the second coming of Jesus Christ in his glory. And we have actually uh, dived deep into those chapters in previous, you know, Zoom casts, you know, which recordings are at doctrineofchrist.com. You know, looking at the time, we will, you know, put a book end on uh, tonight's uh, doctrinal presentation, and we will pick up again next Monday in First Nephi chapter 15, 
And we will now open it up to question and answer and discussion and experiences.